Disney is a brand that has stood the test of time. By creating immersive worlds through the power of imagination and animation, Disney has led us on journeys through underwater kingdoms with singing sea life under the sea, under the sea. and magical lands of talking snowmen and ice princesses. To most recently, a hidden Colombian village with a house that's quite literally alive with music. Yes, Encanto, the movie that has enchanted millions around the world with its music and cultural significance. We got the incredible chance on Spout to sit down with Jessica Darrow and Adasa, who play Luisa and Dolores respectively in the film, to get the inside look on just how incredible this journey has been. Welcome to the family, this is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. My name is Eric Zachary, and today we sit down with actors of Encanto, Jessica Darrow and Adasa. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me, because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org. Or call or text 988, available 24-7. It was released in November of 2021 and was recorded and produced from isolated rooms all over the country, mainly due to COVID restrictions. Jessica Darrow, in particular, thought she didn't get the role because lockdown happened shortly after she auditioned. COVID happened. That was the lull. It was me going, oh, wow, I can't even think about art. I'm just thinking about death. And trying to survive and what's going to happen next. Like literally everything being stripped away. You, you literally being presented with life and death and realizing what is truly important at the end of the day. So to be quite honest with you, going into this recording process of this film in particular, immediately Mm -hmm. after, not even after, like during this time where family became so much more important or even for some people realizing, you know, how important or how much of an impact their family has had in their own upbringing, in themselves, in their genetic makeup, generational trauma, seeing sides of your family that you never thought you'd see, you know, me doing this right after like going home for four months in my childhood bedroom because I had to directly from LA where I auditioned for this film. Yeah. I was like, okay, here we go. None, there's no map for any of this. It's all unprecedented. And I, and I quite honestly don't understand any of it, but I'm just going to roll with the punches and um, I've done voiceover commercials. So let's see if I can do this uh, as an animated character because yeah. yeah, I also relate to her on so many levels, but we all relate to Louisa. I'm sure, sure. you found this booking like most major films changed her life. She compares her situation now when she was struggling just a short time ago living in New York City. You know, five years ago, I was just, I was having, you know, I was catering. I was trying just like, you know, doing so many auditions, begging for someone to just take a minute and and notice me. 
But in the meantime, I was also hanging out with my friends and it was never an obstacle finding time to have fun, go out. I've always loved throwing get togethers and parties. I was raised Mm -hmm. doing that. My mother is just a natural hostess and is so warm and welcoming and has such a beautiful big heart. And uh, my family definitely instilled that in me, my love of community and family just automatically pours out into my friendships. I want to have all of us together as much as possible, which is also why the pandemic was, I mean, for all of us, it was horrible. But But yeah, for that kind of an extrovert, it's next level. Exactly. And you know, and I would honestly say that I'm an introverted extrovert because I need to be alone and I need to recharge it in my alone time so that I can be the best extroverted self. I know I can be and that I enjoy being around people. But if I don't get the time to like, not talk to anyone and just like shut up and recharge. I'm a be the worst. But thanks to the extreme success of Encanto, the cultural spotlight conversations it sparked and the support of her friends and family, those struggles she experienced just a short while ago have given way to a clear vision on what Jessica has been put on earth to do. It's the first time that I've, I have felt a sense of purpose and I actually, like I see, like I see what I'm supposed to be doing now. And what I mean by that is I, I love bringing my people and my friends into my work. It is no secret that Lin-Manuel Miranda is a huge inspiration to me. And what I love about him the most and what I admire is how much he takes pride in making his work about mm-hmm. his people and about personalities and cultures that he grew up with also like quite literally his people like his friends and I know too many creatives you know five years ago we were struggling artists but the thing is we're still struggling artists now like the struggle ebbs and flows it's always a different kind of struggle but it's something that lives in your heart and honestly I don't think can ever go away because it needs to fuel you to continue to you know, be uncomfortable. And for that reason, create change and bring things to the surface that people would never know otherwise. And it takes, you know, I'm realizing uh, it's, it takes people like me and my friends who have been given this opportunity just thrust upon me because it happens to be through Disney. It is, it's my responsibility and it is now It's a beautiful goal of mine to continue to make work and tell stories that feel purposeful. And, you know, it doesn't need to be about some like, oh, crazy weighted thing. Like, look at Encanto, look at all the things that that brought up, but through the lens of this like enjoyable, colorful, gorgeous, silly children's film. But at the same time, it held so much weight and there is a whole world inside of me and stories that I want to tell, especially things that come from the dark places that I've experienced, things that I've gone through in my head that I know my friends are going through as well, yeah. let alone my family, people who are so close to me. And that that's the fact that we don't talk about that and right. the fact that we don't try to bring that more into the stories that we're telling in the art that we're making into network television is crazy to me. Like so much money is, is thrown into streaming services, network television. Okay. Let's use that money to bring the people who really need it 
to come help them come forward and tell the stories that will actually hit the people who are subscribing to these networks and streaming services and they will watch more. You need people to see themselves. You need them to identify. So this has all stemmed from a question that you asked me about how I balance (laughs) my work and friend life. And I would say, you know, I try, it is a goal for me to make it a blend. I will be the luckiest, most fortunate lady on this damn planet if I am able to discover the blend. And I feel, I mean, at least for the first time in my life, I've never been given this access ever. I still am convinced that I am cosplaying and LARPing as a celebrity because this is not real. Like what it's, I mean, it's all a freaking simulation, right? But the simulation right now is pretty good. So while I'm in it, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my people with me. I I saw an interview you did. I think you were at Disney Springs where you said, I don't want to be pinched right now because if this is the dream, I don't want to wake up from it kind of thing. And I was (laughs) like, like, Oh my God, I, that, that, that I can relate to, to such an nth degree. Yeah. But yeah, it, there's still a there's still an internal fear. Hopefully it never has to happen. But OK, you know what happens when those, that high becomes a low again and you switch and it's, it's a roller coaster. And it That's has. Life. It's a roller coaster. It will continue to ebb and flow. But as long as we have conversations like this and we focus on how we can we can continue to grow and use this momentum momentum to push us forward and yeah. and cause more good and change because damn the world needs that right now i'm tired of being scared and i'm tired of living in fear like the only way that we can overcome that is if we all find like the joy and beauty in what we have now how can we push that forward how can we spread that as far as we possibly can in a genuine grounded way because when there's stuff to deal with, there's stuff to deal with. And oh, yeah. I don't know, I mean, you know, after the past couple of years, I think we realized how important it is to uh, uh, to really, uh, like, not take these wonderful moments for granted and therefore make them mean something. like a trip, trip, trip that'll never stop, whoa. tip, tip, till you just go pop, whoa. Give it to your sister, it doesn't hurt. Luisa, Jessica's character in the film, sings a song about staying strong for the family in all situations. Never breaking, never bending, everyone relying on her to do the, quite literally, heavy lifting, but never asking if she's okay or needs to be lifted up herself. The song has clearly struck a chord with fans, as it's been streamed over 140 million times on Spotify alone. Jessica has released clips of her singing the song in different musical styles, but one seemed to have been missing. Would you do a country version? <laughs> Why are you asking me that? Why are you asking me if I would do country? Huh? Why'd you pick country? Because I wanted to get this reaction out of you. You were just trying to see. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Hmm, let's see. Um, pressure like a dream, dream, dream that will never stop. Whoa. Fresh metal tip, 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 till you just go pop. Oh my god. Hey, that was See, I'm dope. just here to I'm just here to showcase you as much as possible to continue <laughs> opening these opportunities. 
You are that was incredible. hilarious. Wow, thank you. And honestly, I'm gonna just let you know now, that's as far as I'm gonna go on the country version. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. And the Oscar goes to Encanto! Encanto, no surprise here, took home Best Animated Feature at this past year's Oscars. Which is no easy feat to begin with, but this one seems extra special, since the movie was made almost entirely through the COVID lockdown. Adasa, who voices Dolores in the film, did all of her recordings from the comfort of her own home, and kept all of her scripts in fear of them ending up in the wrong hands once she had thrown them out. You did all of your recording remote? Am I getting that right? Yes. You know what? Since I have you here on hand, this is the booth here, right here at my home oh my that we gosh. recorded in. And I'm going to let you in on it. Nobody else has seen this. I've posted it, but nobody else has seen this. This oh is gosh. actually the script. Oh, one of the pieces. And my. that is the actual, we don't talk about Bruno right there, right there. The original. Seeing it. That is the original. And wait, there's more. You see all those on the floor. That's what I did not shred. I was so scared. I was so scared. We're going straight MTV Cribs with this. I love it. <laughs> I'm serious. You're coming on the ride with me. I did not yeah. want to shred anything because I had nightmares that somebody yeah. going to go through my trash, put it together with mm-hmm. tape and release parts of the script. So I kept everything. There's like 800 pages worth of stuff in there on the floor. I was oh just scared. Gosh. What was the final count of the script of the page? You know, I don't really know where it ended up because sometimes things would yeah. change and it would just be one line. Oh, sure. You couldn't be like, oh, and by the way, go from page 47 to that 285. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's why things get printed. But um, and nobody ever sees the full mosaic. Whenever you're recording something like this, because it's very hush hush, we really didn't know what was going on, except for the little bit that the directors would say. And right before this scene or. Yeah. Just to give you the mar- mindset. Just to know, picture in your mind, this is what's going on. And it was so much fun because it was like hanging out with friends and being in this imaginary yeah. world where you can be anything and act and jump and, and you know, something's falling on you and be vulnerable emotionally with somebody. Yeah. You just become friends. It just it becomes such a beautiful relationship. And Jared Bush and Byron Howard and Lynn manuel created such a wonderful space to just be fun and quirky and out of the box. Adasa is no stranger to recording booths. She is a reggaeton artist who, like Jessica Darrow, had her fair share of struggles too earlier in life. I was selling my CDs out of my backpack before in Houston, Texas. I was wherever they would put me to sing on a, on a speaker, I'll do it. A table, whatever. Yeah. You know, I was doing everything uh, I could. And with my husband, Gabriel Candiani, we've always produced our music together. When we moved to Florida, that's where I met Walter Com. Walter Com is actually Maluma's manager. And he took a chance on me by signing me being mm-hmm. Afro-Latina, doing reggaeton, yeah. being Colombian, and doing bilingual music back in the day. But that didn't happen. Even though recording for Encanto for Adasa was all remote, she was able to let fans into her home and the process through the power of an app that saw an incredible surge in usage and content creation in the pandemic, TikTok. Oh, mira, ve? She didn't get one. 
TikTok is crazy. I just joined like 12 mm-hmm. people and I have like 500,000 yeah. followers. It's crazy. I want to talk about that. Okay, so I saw the obviously the viral TikTok where you see Lin-Manuel Miranda reacting to you recording, which like I'm sure in the moment you're very aware, but also looking back at that, like you're going, oh my God. My eyes were closed because I was so... Yeah. Go to live in fear, Bruno stuttering and stumbling. I can always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with yeah. the sound of falling sand. So I didn't know anything was happening until I opened my eyes at the end to see, like, what did he think? And he was like, You're like, he's there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Taking yourself back to that point, I think that was like, what, 2004, 2005? Exactly. Let's say you had TikTok. You were doing the same hustle, you had that same mindset. Which kind of approach do you think you would take to TikTok? Would it be you singing? Would it be the dances? Would it be a little bit of everything? I would be bringing people into the studio live, like recording live and being able to see love what that. that process is like. And then jumping yeah. on, yes, I love dancing. So maybe sometimes while people are getting the drum sets or whatever, you know, be like, let's let's jump on a, a challenge or let's do it real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have loved to be doing that back in the day. But you know what? Now with we don't talk about Bruno. It's given me that opportunity, that beautiful platform where I can connect with people around the world. I have people from the United States, from everywhere in the United States, and then people from Egypt Mm. and the Philippines and from the UK and Colombia. I mean, everywhere. And it's so beautiful because it's like being at their hands right there on stage with them, except I'm in my home and I get to tell Mm -hmm. stories of what I went through or, or hear their stories. That makes me so happy to see their art and hear their dreams and why they say, you know, I feel like I'm Dolores or if I feel like I'm Camilo. I wish my sister wasn't so much like Isabella. You know, she gets on my nerves. TikTok was a huge help in the promotion of Encanto, but the real magic came from the soundtrack itself. Though each of the 10 songs featured in the movie have well over 20 million streams on Spotify, one song in particular has risen well above the rest. We don't talk about Bruno is officially the biggest single ever from a Disney movie. Bigger than Let It Go. Did you... What? Did you know that... It, did you feel it coming? Did you see this coming? It, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because, like, group numbers never get the same kind of love, like, that that the ballads get or the, you know, the, the comedy songs get. Um, but I did know it was catchy because when I was first writing it, I would catch my kids singing it just from overhearing me writing it. And I remember I kind of had to have a like NDA for toddlers conversation with them. <laughs> I was like, you guys can't sing this at school. Uh, we can only sing this around the house because they, you know, your friends don't, don't know the song yet. Um, so and we, now, we don't you know, talk about, we don't, we don't talk we about, don't talk about, we don't talk, talk about, about Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Though familiar with success in her own music career, nothing could compare to where this movie and specifically this song would take Adasa. You're part of um, this Disney franchise at, at a time when it's kind of the first time that a, a song or a Disney song at least could have this success on TikTok, could have this worldwide recognition. Obviously, we're not discrediting Let It Go. We're not discrediting any of the soundtracks from the last 30 years. But there is a reason that it is Let's let's name the the accolades. Number one, first number one Disney track since a whole new world, and then before that was King, oh, "Love in the Air" tonight. Like I mean, that's yes, that's that is something that. The love tonight. I mean, come on. I want to do karaoke with you. Oh, that would be so much fun. I would. I, I'm the terrible singer, but I'm an amazing backup dancer. <laughs> I'll, I'm ready. As long as you look like you're into it. Yeah, I can lip sync for for sure. Let's go. 
especially when there's words. Um, so when you, the mindset, uh, I, I want to do a little compare and contrast sounding like my fifth grade school teacher, but I would imagine, you know, when you start to have that success, cause you have nothing short of an impressive career, impressive resume, and you've gotten to do so many cool things in so many different arenas of music, of film, of, uh, different cultures and different parts of the world. When you had that first success or first couple successes compared to when you realized, like, obviously we know you're asked to do something like this when you're, when you're recording Disney, uh, and when you're doing something that's so significant to Colombia too, when you realized, okay, this is more than that. This is, this is skyrocketing. This is registering. This is, this is a success. How do those compare? It's so different because this is in a way that I never thought I would be able to enter into somebody's home with my culture right behind me through an animated film. I feel Dolores is me, is you, is everybody here. You know, we have little quirks within ourselves that make us a little bit like Mirabel or a little bit like Camilo. And to be able to be a part of their lives, it's so yeah. beautiful because with a single, it's different. You know, you release a song, it's like number one, awesome. And then they move on to the next And one. then it's out. With a yeah. film, it's like, who doesn't still watch The Little Mermaid? I've got The Lion King. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it again. I'll watch Tangled. I'll watch Wreck-It Ralph. I will watch them all. <laughs> You'll have them on repeat, but sometimes you'll forget, like, what was that hit back in 2004 in January? Um, mm -hmm. When you have something so intertwined with a culture, with family, with a visual representation, too, like, that doesn't go away. No, and it speaks to people who are also immigrants, you know? The film touches upon displacement. It talks about the Afro-Latinos, you know, and how hard it was sometimes even for leaving your countries, for your parents to understand your family a little bit more, not mm -hmm. to judge them so harshly and feel like they're the villains because, my God, Grandma makes me get up at four in the morning or whatever. You know, the yeah. traditions that they bring from who they are. But we need to also understand their perspective and why things were a little bit like that. We also have that seed within us of beauty, of culture. And it just makes us so much more rich and appreciate ourselves so much more. And that's what Encanto does. It speaks to, hey, like, let's let's lay off a of grandma a little bit. huh? A little, a little bit. Funny, funny enough. I'm not even joking. My grandmother is right over here. It's her oh. 93rd birthday. She's she's asleep. I think she's snoring, oh. but she, she's with me in spirit. And a perfect example. Yeah, it, it cut her some slack, right? She is hanging at Disney uh, celebrating her birthday at 93 years old. Drinking Bloody Marys like it's water. No big deal. You know, and it's happy birthday, grandma. 93. And she's hitting Disney. Yeah. You see, that's what I'm saying. Timeless people mm -hmm. for all ages, for you, for me, for grandma and my kids. It's for everybody. everybody. Encanto has opened the door on the conversation of inclusivity in films. The cultural impact that these movies have on young children of all ethnicities cannot be overlooked. The significance of a child seeing someone who looks like them in a leading role on screen can quite literally be life-changing. Disney is no stranger to bringing culture and backgrounds to life through animation, though. Like the Mexican experience of Coco. Make me un poco loco, un poquitito loco, the way you keep me guessing, I'm nodding and I'm guessing, I'll count it as a blessing, that I'm only un poco loco. Or most recently, the Chinese-Canadian coming-of-age story, Seeing Red. Had friends and I've had buddies, it's true, but they don't turn my tummy the way you do. I never met nobody like you. However, there's still a long way to go. Adasa and Jessica give their input on which culture they would like to see take center stage on the silver screen. I would love to be involved with... Uh, 
I would say somebody maybe from India. I also visited Jordan and I think their, wow. their culture is so beautiful and they have so much depth to what they believe in and who they are and makes them who they are, how they dress and why. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of understanding would come out of that, you know, uh, and yeah. a lot of respect that I that I really gained for them because I went in times of Ramadan and how respectful, even the children, I can't get my kids to sit down and pray for 10 seconds before a meal. And over there, the food would be served in the middle of Ramadan. And until that prayer came on, those kids would be sitting there in attention, not touching anything. And cause you saw that. Yeah. Even you can tell, you don't have to speak the language to know what that look looks like. Uh, we've all been there. Doesn't matter what culture you're from. If you have a parent or a parental figure, you know that look. That look of mm, don't you make me look bad. I think there's so much diversity within all of our cultures, and so much that can also be appreciated. And it, Disney is a perfect platform. I mean, they did it for Colombia, you know, to really show the beauty of the place. And even though it's not a Colombian film, like it's not a documentary, but the inspiration they took of it is flawlessly done. Flawlessly. They had Mm -hmm. cultural specialists that came and gave from their opinions of of everything from the way they dress to the texture of their hair. I mean, even the texture of the hair, if you notice in Dolores, is similar to... Oh, yeah. And Felix is different. His hair is more coarse and he's a darker skin tone. And for me, I wish my grandma would be alive because the strides that Afro-Latinos have had from her time where people... my color and people of her color, they were the help. They were the person serving the food, taking care of the children. They would have never been principal characters. And to have yeah. that moment with where Mirabel and Dolores are sitting across the table from each other in that intense, funny, dramatic moment, that would have never happened 20 years ago. You know? yeah. It wasn't for the platform of Disney. And they're just starting this conversation. I hope other directors and other filmmakers also incorporate the beauty and diversity that we have within our whole entire world. There's so many talents out there. I'm glad that it was my opportunity, but next time it might be yours. Just make your talent yeah. be seen. Use the platforms you have like TikTok, like YouTube. Put your content out there. Don't be afraid of being silly. That's what life is about. Be silly, whatever. If you messed up, it's okay. Just try because you never know who's watching. I just wanted to get as brown as possible. We just like, I, I, I just want more brown people on screen. I would love, I would love to see a story about indigenous culture. I would love, I'm always trying to see more black stories, but that is also specifically from my American perspective. Right. Um, because uh, this country really needs that. I mean, this country just needs to see more brown, period. But the beauty of what Encanto brought into my life is that, you know, I'm Cuban, but I learned so much about Colombian culture through this process and also how much, uh, how close it is to my own. And um, that was so beautiful and, and connecting for me because I had never seen myself or any story that truly felt like it was my own or like I could relate to it. So yeah. a story like that is, is one that I am dying to tell uh, next. I think Disney should definitely take into consideration also more LGBTQ representation. And I know that our gorgeous film, people like to say it, it has been sprinkled with it. Um, I think it's been more than sprinkled if you really look. But sprinkled is different than representation. Mm-hmm. You know, sprinkled is is amazing and it's a great start, but that's not necessarily one to one representation. Mm-hmm. True representation. And I mean, 
we, we all know, like, uh, especially with the flack that the corporation Disney is receiving right now, we could definitely use more LGBTQ plus representation. And right. I would love for there to be, I would love for there to be a love story, but also I want there to be, I want there to be queer representation that doesn't have to even be about romance or sex. Right. I would love to just talk about how queer people exist on their day-to-day basis, just as normal human beings and not mm-hmm. having to be identified by what we enjoy romantically, because that actually sometimes has nothing to do with anything. Right. It's just like, you know, so, and I, and I see how uh, for Disney, you know, Maybe that's a maybe that's a push, but I think that it would actually be very smart. They have collected award after award through the years with their stories, animations, soundtracks. But like most big brands, now more than ever, Disney is a brand that has a responsibility to use their influence for good, to have the tough conversations, and to include those who have been excluded for years. It's a long road ahead, but these recent films, especially in Kanto, have started what hopefully is a revolution in the world of movie making. Every story deserves to be told, and there are few better ways to do that than through the art of film. My name is Eric Zachary. This has been The Spot Podcast. And until next time, adios. We'll see you later. Spout. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.